Freedomradio.com. Let freedom ring this afternoon at 2 with Sean Hannity. Right before Joe Walsh at 5 on AM 560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. You know, look, I, I got to tell you, I say again, I've worked in state and local government. I have no antipathy to people who work for government. But I do have great antipathy for the D.C. press coverages, the D.C. press coverage of the shutdown, the partial shutdown, and the silly, sentimental stories. And frankly, some of the ghastly virtue signaling of people otherwise in the public eye. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Federal employees who have not been paid during the partial government shutdown were offered a free lunch Monday by rock star John Bon Jovi and his wife Dorothea Bon Jovi at the couple's restaurant in New Jersey, JBJ Soul Kitchen. So they don't have to live on a prayer anymore. Oh, I see what you're saying. But this Friday will be their second time not receiving a paycheck. One paycheck, I understand. Two paychecks that might get a little uncomfortable for some people. Yes, people. every night we yeah. see people from various mm-hmm. departments, TSA, mm-hmm. EPA, um, IRS, you know, and we hear about their struggles. We've heard about those struggles from day one. They just get ratcheted up from day one. No consideration for the guaranteed salary and benefit levels people in the private sector have to finance in addition to their own personal expenses, right, with federal employees making more than their counterparts before you get to the gold-plated benefits. No consideration for that. And also, when there is a major layoff in the private sector, big company, say Caterpillar lays off a couple thousand people. It's happened before in Illinois. Do you have uh, people running to offer free meals to uh, Caterpillar employees who've been laid off? Uh, But the the sappy stories about Caterpillar employees going to food depositories? Uh, Vilifying the CEO of Caterpillar, the executives at Caterpillar, because they decided a layoff was necessary to increase profitability or company efficiency or whatever the strategic goals were? I mean, it's just, the whole thing speaks of obviously a DC press corps that are are hand that that are handmaidens, members of the DC press corps are handmaidens to big government. That's part of it, but it it also sort of redounds to the cultural level, I think, where we look at people in government as more important than people out of government. That's so culturally backward. We treat politicians like they're members of a ruling class so they behave like members of a ruling class you know how you know we do that we talk about somebody who's been in office for 40 years and we do it obviously in chicago too and they decide they're not going to run again you're retiring from public office it's like retiring from my job this is my thing this is the job i held now i'm going to retire from it elective public office so and so is retiring from his elective public office. That is a ruling class mentality. I mean, a surf mentality towards a ruling class. But that's just my opinion. For more on this, as well as the cultural import of the Covington brouhaha, we're pleased to be joined again by Andrew Clavin, 
Podcasters Podcast, Another Kingdom, Season 2. Also, of course, uh, famed Hollywood screenwriter, including the new movie, which if you haven't seen it yet, find it and see it. Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. Uh, Andrew Clavin, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. That's always a pleasure. Thanks. So um, how are you uh, taking in the coverage of the uh, partial shutdown border barrier security funding debate? Well, I, I think you get it right. We're talking about everything but the issue. The issue is the rule of law. The issue is whether we can, whether we have a system that can create a law that we can enforce that is fair and does what we need it to do, which is bring in people that we want and keeps out people that we don't want. This has been going on. I mean, this didn't start with Donald Trump. It's been going on through Republican and Democratic administrations. The question, my question is, if I'm going to worry about government people being out of work, why doesn't the government work when they're at work? I mean, why can't our congressmen sit down and pass a law about this issue? What's, what's so embarrassing, and I think it's, it's actually at this point more embarrassing to Democrats than to Trump, but still it's embarrassing for everybody, is everybody can see a compromise in front of them. Everybody can see where we meet in the middle. Trump gets some money for his wall. They get some breaks for the dreamers. Everyone can see that except for the base, except for the base on both sides where the right doesn't want to give any kind of compromise that might smack of amnesty and the left doesn't want to give Trump the satisfaction of funding his wall. That's childish. I mean, I'm sorry, but that, that is not the way democratic politics works, democratic in the big, in the small uh, letter sense. You know, we have to compromise with each other. We're all in the same country, and we all have different opinions, and somewhere we have to meet in the middle. The fact that we can't do that it really is indicative of the fact that the system is broken. And while the system is broken, I, I don't have a lot of heartbreak for government workers being out of work. I want a government that works. If the government isn't working, just like, like you say about gear tractors, any private company, if the private company isn't doing what it's supposed to do, it's not going to make any money. It's going to shut down. Well, that's what's happening with our government. Our government is already shut. I'm sorry that the people who are out of work aren't the congressmen and senators. I mean, I'm sorry that it should be some poor schnook who's pushing papers around somewhere instead of, you know, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of them. They're the ones who shouldn't be getting paid because they're the ones who aren't doing their jobs. But you know what I've learned through this whole government shutdown process is that the Democrats really don't care about their constituents, about the dreamers. I mean, they have a way now, a pathway for citizenship. For 700,000 people, and they're not budging on it. Even the Washington well, Post is uh, opining, saying they should uh, embrace a deal. I mean, that's yeah. how that's how uh, much of a give Trump offered over the weekend. That's, I mean, when you consider the fact that the Washington Post, they sit around in their offices sticking pins in their, their Trump dolls, you know, <laughs> that's, an amazing, that's an amazing fact that they actually heard what he said. But, you know, really, they're playing, they're playing to their base, their donor base, they're playing to the press. They're playing to their own, I think, passions at this point. They really do hate this president. And, uh, you know, it's indicative of a broken system, and that a broken system isn't paying out is not, is not really a source of concern. If the system's broken, you've got to fix it before you can go back to work. Uh, you know, look, uh, Andrew, we all make mistakes, even us uh, enlightened conservatives. And so I, I want to give some, uh, some uh, leeway with people who normally get it right, who got it wrong with respect to these Covington Catholic schoolboys. But, I mean, the implication of National Review publishing a piece over the weekend that they seem to taken down, the Covington students might as well have just spit on the cross. Uh, 
Uh, Rich Lowry walked that back in. Robbie George. I mean, these are great thinkers and great Americans and good conservatives and all that. But but what was your takeaway from forget the cultural Marxists? We know what they're going to do. So many on the center right who started from the left's premise when that video snippet was posted. Well, what they really are like is like abused children. They have been abused by a leftist media so long that they have come to accept that this is the way it is. It's the same way that people are afraid, people on the right are afraid to open their mouths for being uh, tarred as racist instead of just speaking the truth and letting the chips fall where they may. They've been beaten up by this press corps, this Democrat press corps, and when I say Democrat press corps, I'm talking about the, the networks and I'm talking about CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post. They've been beaten up by them so, um, so long that they are in a big, big hurry to prove, to prove themselves to the media, to prove that they are not racist. Media is so intellectually and ideologically corrupt at this point that you have to hold your tongue. The mistakes they're making, just like the mistake of accepting the BuzzFeed story, which was suspect from the get-go, accepting this Covington story, which was absurd when you listen to what the Native American guy was saying. I mean, he was talking nonsense to begin with. The, the, these mistakes are organic outgrowths of their bias. They're not just random incidents. Oh, you know, we usually get it right, but we got it wrong. These are organic outgrowths of the left's bias, of the press leftist bias. And so they're going to happen again and again. And what the right has to do is look at everything as a statement of Democrat spokesmen with press cards. They have to look at everything like that. I mean, and I, I just think that the overreaction, I thought there was an overreaction to Steve King's remarks when we don't even know what he said. If the New York Times is quoting him, we don't know what he said. You know, I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I have no idea what he meant. And so I just think again and again, the press is spewing out this hatred. And some of that, sometimes it carries them over the line where they can be tagged for it as making a factual error. But we on the right should always be acting as if they were the opposition. Every word that comes out of the New York Times is opposition, you know, a, a statement. It's a Democrat statement. And instead, we act like, oh, no, they're trying to get it right. They just sometimes make a mistake. And that's just not true. What, what happened to the Covington kids was, you know, absolutely disgraceful. But virtually every day that the press covers the news is disgraceful because it's just Democrats covering the news for Democrats. And the Republicans act like abused kids. After a while, if you're abused as a kid, you learn to keep your mouth shut. You learn to not to say anything. You learn to kind of huddle down and hope that nobody smacks you around. And that's the way Republicans act around the press. Well, and it's going to be interesting. Here's another uh, case study of what you're describing. Interesting to see not only what the Pences do, but what others around them say about the calls for the Pence's Secret Service to be removed because Karen Pence <laughs> wants to teach part-time as a, at a Christian school. Uh, it's amazing. It, it really is amazing. The demonization of Christianity, the demonization of white people, you know, the, the, the idea that, that the bigotry, the historical bigotry that did exist in this country against black people can somehow be solved by turning it against white people. This is all kind of uh, doctrinaire leftist thinking. And because it is, the press represents that doctrinaire leftist thinking, they don't even recognize the assumptions they're making. You know, it doesn't even occur to them to say, well, maybe the government isn't a good instrument for building equality. Maybe capitalism is better. Maybe uh, having racism against white people doesn't solve the problem of having racism against black people. The moment to me that was so amazing in this um, Covington story was when the Native American guy, I think his name Nathan Phillips, I think his yeah. Name, yeah, that's right. 
he he got up and he said, "We can't build a wall in America. These are this is indigenous land." <laughs> I thought he's standing in Washington D.C. This is not dances with wolves. This country has not been indigenous land for 400 years, and he's got the tears coming down. We can't build a wall on indigenous land. That on that. Con man chatter only makes sense to a bunch of leftists who are not who never speak to anybody on the right. I mean, to talk about America as if it were indigenous lands, as if we were living on the prairie, is just garbage. And the minute those words came out of his mouth, somebody at some news station should have said, "What is he talking about? He's talking about the capital of the biggest industrialist nation on earth." Of course, we might need border security. We're not like ranging the prairie on our uh, palominos. You know what the, what the hell was he talking about? And and that kind of con man talk only works if everybody agrees. If everybody thinks these premises are valid. And instead, University President Father John Jenkins in Notre Dame ran to cover up the Columbus mural. I mean, that, that's the reaction. <laughs> I, I, mean, crazy. I, I mean, really, it is amazing, this whole idea that all of history is a terrible mistake. You know, all of, all of history has to, you know, even, even the wealth that has been created that these guys want to spread around, where do they think it came from? Even the idea that racism is wrong, where do they think that came from? Do you think there was ever a country on earth so committed to uh, erasing racism as that one, as this one? Do they think that they invented that? You know, that, that stuff is inherent in our founding. It's inherent in our history, and they just want to, they just think it's all a big mistake, and they have finally seen the light. I'm telling you, only a, a, only a press corps that is 100% leftist would buy into this stuff at all. He is Andrew Clavin, podcaster. His podcast, Another Kingdom, is in season two. He's also a great uh, Hollywood screenwriter, including of the new movie Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer, which you must see. I think it is still available in Chicago suburbs and hopefully on the stream very soon. Andrew Clavin, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Real pleasure. Thanks. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer.